Greetings, everybody. Uh, Wesley Pepper here, and you're tuning to my podcast, Wesley Pepper's Art Lexia, which is brought to you by Spotcaster and Bybob. Um, yeah, man, just on last week's episode, um, I was flying solo last week. Um, and if you remember correctly, um, there was a bit of a scheduling nightmare there. The, the poets I was going to feature had all, yeah, it was a bit of a scheduling thingy, so I couldn't get hold of them on time. So just to recap what I spoke about last week, I told you guys about the action research project that I'm working on. I will still uh, do an episode on that probably towards the end of the year because as we know, the recording of this episode, the 29th of um, June, you know, we're under another hard lockdown, so everything is postponed or put back. So it really makes it really difficult to do a follow-up on that. So I don't even know when... I'll be able to do that, but um, I'll be keeping guys up speed on my social media pages and all of that. So yeah, I mean, we're going to today's episode. Today we are gonna make another. I'm gonna do another episode on with a uh, with an artist based in Kimberley. Um, she's a photo or technique is very animist in her photorealism, and she also works with uh, with serialist or serialism themes. So we're gonna be unpacking um, again arts. Um, we're going to be unpacking her processes, we're going to be unpacking how she works, how she conceptualizes her work, and a little bit about art, because as you know, I'm based in Kimberley, or rather I'm from here, and I've been based here for since COVID, so it's really cool to meet creators from from um, from Kimberley, and this will also be a live recording, in other words, we're not using Zoom today, so she's sitting with me in the studio today, so that's actually going to be quite, actually I'm looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, we were unpacking all of that. Um, remember my art giveaway still up for grabs. Uh, like, subscribe, and comment on this episode. And you can win artwork done by yours truly. Remember, um, I forgot to mention last week that the art giveaway is only available for artists in South Africa. Because <laughs> I just can't afford to send art abroad. Uh, it comes from my own pocket. Um, so yeah, just remember, like, subscribe, and comment on this episode. And you can win artwork done by yours truly. And um, I'll tell you, I'll... Speak to you guys at the end of the episode about future episodes. We've got some really cool things coming up, um, some really cool, exciting um, guests coming up, and I'll explain that to you guys. Any of this at the end of the episode. So for now, um, I hope you guys enjoy. Um, Jenna, right? Jenna. Jenna. Um, my full name is actually Genevieve. Okay, so <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy today's episode with Genevieve. All right, and I'll speak to you after this. Baobalb.org is a podcasting platform and a medium for storytelling. This podcast is also available on all the major podcasting apps, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Podcast your life with Baobalb.org. All right, here we go. Uh, Genevieve, 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 Clark, welcome. Thank you. Uh, yeah, man, um, let's get straight into it, man. So, like I said, we were talking offline. Um, I was telling you how I saw your work um, and the themes you were working on, some really yeah. interesting stuff. So, just for my guests, since you're newer to this platform, um, tell us, like, where you come from um, and your journey in the arts. Well, um, my full name is Genevieve Clark. I am from Valcom, the Free State. Originally born and bred halfway there, <laughs> and then moved to Kimberley 2010 and finished school year 2012. Studied in the University of Free State 2013 till 16, and I've just been working under my alias or brand Gen Art since then. Yeah, tell us a little bit about the name. How did you come up with the name? And as Gen as in G E double N, G E, yes, G E double N A R T. Um, if you break up the name, actually, it's People call me Jenna, so it's G-E-N-N, 
A, ah. and then the other side is the art. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I just yeah, put that together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 and yeah. the A in the middle with my logo, I actually replaced it with an I, um, based on concepts I've felt interested or in love with, all seeing eye, third eye, all those type of things, mm. um, with a pen, pencil, and a paintbrush that actually frames the eyes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. the art part of it. Cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you were saying that um, you in, um, you've been drawing for what since twenty ten? No, I've actually been drawing since. Sure, I've been drawing since two thousand and. I was in primary school, man. Primary school. Yeah. So, so it was. It was. I started as an outlet, and it was just something I did at home. Mm. I was always just drawing random mm. stuff, mm. sketching things I saw or thought of. Um, and then as I got better at it and my friends actually started seeing it, they were like, could you draw me? Could you, in that they, at that time they were like, oh, this person can yeah. draw. Looking back now, it's like, uh, but okay, mm. <laughs> we all had to start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. We all had to start somewhere. <laughs> we all had to start somewhere, you check. So, um, yeah, I've been drawing since primary school, actually. I just never published or showed anyone. It was just that of also, I was never a person who would speak about my emotions I was always the bubbly one. So yeah. it was never like I would go to someone and be like, your friend, I need support about this or whatever. Yeah. I just, I channeled into drawing instinctively. So like I said, offline, um, I'm interested about the technique. Yeah. Um, just for the guests, um, like one of the reasons why, if you remember, um, we did a, we did a two part series with, uh, Wilson and Gorney and he was, he too, he also was a photorealist. Um, that technique is everywhere yeah. now. It's all over social media. Um, and also brands like Big Pen. I know, um, White Star, the, the, the pop brand. Yeah. I know they also commission. Um, ach, there's a few others if I must think hard enough. That is, that, that is, that is commissioned artists to do, uh, uh, use that technique to paint various uh, yeah. popular things and all of that. So it's a very popular thing, right? So let's just put that aside. So explain to me, um, how did you, uh, where did your, where does your creativity come from? Where does your, where does your, where does your art skills come from? Um, and how did you sort of hone your techniques? So, you know, yeah. Explain to me a little bit about that. I think it was, I was cultured and, I was, my culture was nurtured actually mm. <laughs> by my surroundings and the people in my life. Um, I was always surrounded with people who loved creating content. And when it came to photographs, I was always exposed to either people being photographers or people, you know, being involved with photograph, like photographic things or whatever the case may be. Um, we loved taking photographs um, as a, a household. So we also had that. And it was always that crazy thing of my dad liked drawing like cartoons in ways that you'd never know like he was going to end up there. Like nowadays, it's like trick forms. It's yeah. easy to trick anyone. But back then it was like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, you didn't know it was going to be Pinocchio or whatever yeah. the case may be, you know. Or that dollar sign we all first started with, those three the three lines in the top, the three lines at the bottom, and you just connect all of those lines, and oh, it's like the dollar sign yeah, at the end. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, see? Yeah, it yeah, started yeah. like that, and it was just like, I like drawing. I like taking photos. And then every time I started drawing, like my things just started becoming more realistic, regardless of whether I tried to strive for the realism or not. I actually never thought of myself as... Um, so it was a technique that came naturally. Yeah. 
I, I, I can't say that I've planned to even be an artist. I didn't even know you could formally study to be one. Um, I, I never, I was never exposed to art, visual art, fine art. Yeah. Yeah. I was never That's exposed to that. That's interesting. I was, I was more exposed to music. Um, like I say, photography, that type of thing. In terms of my schooling, my schooling was actually the one thing that had saved me, in a sense, or exposed me. Yes, exposed me to something that I didn't know anything about. And as soon as I got a taste of it, it was like every opportunity that jumped up, I was like, I want to try that. I want to do that. I want to do this. I want to do that. <laughs> and then somewhere along the line, like I had all these arts and crafts things I realized like mm. as much as I didn't believe that I would want to become an artist I loved creating so mm. when they were like okay for the first term we're going to have arts and crafts it's going to be between half past four and uh, half past two and half past four you got to come this time do that and whatever put your name up for the schedule and it's going to be for the term and whatever the case may be mm. I was just excited about we're going to be creating stuff you know mm. When you're at home, you don't have all the material. Mm. When you're at school, they give you the opportunity whether you have to pay for it or not. So I was just like, Psh, I'm going to go to these classes. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, what stuck out there was the fact that there was no um, like formal art education. Background, yeah. Yeah, or background. That's interesting. Um, and the only creative expression you really uh, open to was music. Yeah. And that's also pretty interesting. What type of music, just before we go on? Um, Genres, music, musicians. Genre. The old, the golden oldies with my parents definitely, mm. but my dad is very different. Everyone knows that, so he he also listens to reggae music, and he doesn't look like a reggae person. He he's that strict person, you know. Hello, Mstiga, Klakpunt, you know. Not even topics afterwards, whatever. But mm. when you listen to his type of music, you like you never think he listens to this. Um, my uncles that listen to Eminem, but they're lawyers, and you just like put them together, and it's just mm. like that total contrast and opposite. And it's mm. like when people see me, they're like, You listen to a lot of rock and art, and what? And I was like, uh, If you look at my playlist, nothing makes sense because mm. I've been exposed to so many different, I've learned to like adapt and also teach and learn. So now I feel like I'm just like this whole Pandora's box filled with all the interesting things. I was actually <laughs> reading um, last night. Yeah. Um, that the brain actually um, is actually it rewrites or reroutes or rewrites itself um, 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 if the person listens to multiple genres of music, yeah. and it actually you actually become smarter over a long term. Me too. I also listen to multiple genres of music. Um, so so that so that's that that, that that's. That's pretty interesting. That's pretty interesting. So um, um, let's jump into the actual processes, yeah. right? So. Um, as you know, well, like we also spoke of of uh, the old shift these days is uh, celebrities yes. to draw celebrities, and that's kind of easy to uh, to figure out why because uh, pop culture, social media that runs our world. Yeah. You look at the ex American president; he was a celebrity. You look at our current politicians; there's a bunch of celebrities yes. there. So, celebrity culture is it's 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 look at the Kardashians; it's 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 really next level type of thing. So it makes sense why people personally I don't really like it, but that's for another that's topic. <laughs> um, what subject matter? How did you? How did you? Uh, uh, what subject matter did you use to uh, to grow your technique? What were you drawing and why? Um, I used a lot of okay. First and foremost, like 
ever, ever since I started like drawing people really well, mm. it became this thing of, Gina, will you please draw me? And at first it was yeah. like fun. Yeah, yeah. I've been <laughs> it was there. fun, you know. It really is, friend. And so like you have to like sit four days with this face and you realize, look, my body is not going to like, this is going to take a toll. So we have to find a sustainable way of being able to create shit. <laughs> so I had to actually get to the part where um, I use my sister and my mom only as models. my portfolio for my models, as my models for my portfolio, whether they wanted it or not. <laughs> because I actually now am the person that takes most of the photographs for family members, whether they ask me or not. Random ones, prepared ones, scheduled ones. When we're together, I take photos. When we're not together, I take photos. So um, I use a lot of photographs that I either take took or in, took intentionally, as in I knew actually I wanted to use this photograph for something, or I see something and I'm just like, oh, I could use this for that purpose. Mm. So it starts with, I started with my mom and my sister, well, my friends, actually, my friends and my family, mm. and then it's just now my mom and my sister. Mm. And I experiment with a lot of techniques, um, a lot of concepts, uh, I just experiment a lot, but it will always be so you my mom's sister um, and myself. You draw with pencils, right? Uh, graphite, pencil, pen. Hmm. Yeah, so far. How long does it take for you to complete a portrait? <clears throat> it depends, actually, because every single day is so different. And if I dedicate a specific amount of hours, I can finish it probably in two days maximum. Two days maximum. But I do so much other stuff that... I break down my hours for myself, so it would take at least an, a week maximum now because mm. I, I look at things now at a way more finer detail than yeah. I did before. My eye is trained a bit more, but yeah. now that takes time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time and patience. Um, um, just, 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 just to add on that, um, I know that um, with artists, your eye, your eye gets sharper, uh, yeah. uh, your perception and the way your brain remembers. Um, I remember there was this, uh, they said that uh, if you look at an object, um, your brain remembers everything, I think it's for five seconds. And after that, you start drawing what you think you've seen. Yeah. Um, and I know uh, guys who got really strong attention to detail, their memory is pretty sharp. Um, so your artwork, does it, you use color? I, I really use color for drawing, but I'm not only a sketch or drawer per se, or whatever you like to call it. I do paintings as well. Um, so I do gouache paintings and I do oil paintings and acrylic paintings. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the only time or most of the time that I'd be using color, actually. So tell me about your subject matter. So you were, okay, hold on. Um, before you get there, um, how I see if you're starting off with um, family members, so there's that personal aspect, uh, you know them emotionally, you know them spiritually. Yeah. Um, so to look at them and to conceptualize that, I understand that. Um, uh, other, what other subject matter outside that do you, um, because I kind of want to move into your, into, into the, world. into the serialist, uh, theme, but I want to get there. So I want to build up to that. Um, because, um, what I know, um, when I was, uh, I was, when I was a young fella, when I was in my teens, um, I used to draw lots and lots of self-portraits. Yeah. Um, that was my thing. I used to sit <laughs> in front of a mirror and, um. <clears throat> at um what I um what what I used to do I think every two years I used to do a self portrait of myself yeah um I stopped 
some years ago for a bunch of reasons but uh, uh it was it was a it, it was a personal it was subject matter that was very 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 personal and it made me once i was comfortable with my technique it made it it made it easier to 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 to, to sort of venture into other um uh, into other genres and yeah. other subject matter and stuff so explain to me your process uh, uh, uh so you started off with your sister and your mom i understand yeah. that so yeah and how now, did it grad, uh, move from there yeah with with them it's more of experimenting with with techniques when i use them as subject matters but when i convey specific messages i use my sister and myself only because my sister and i are growing up in a different time in comparison to my mom so I feel like we have a lot of messages or stuff that I would like to address. So I usually use that as my platform to convey a message or something. So for for example, body positivity or even negativity, um, I would draw portraits or photographs of my sister or myself and like our stretch marks and stuff like that, you know. So it's 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 not even anymore about who I'm using. I've just found a sense of comfort in being able to transpire my message, but using it either through my sister or myself or my mom as a subject matter, but respective of what the concept may be. So if I speak about my personality or if I speak about um, stuff that I feel negative or I have doubts or stuff, and people think like, ah, oh, now this person is like always happy and shit. And then you do artworks and you read the caption and it's like, whoa. Like, I also go through that. I'm a human being at the end of the day. And then I tell them, they're like, who's this? And I'm like, that's actually me. <laughs> so, like, my WhatsApp photo at the, mo- at, the, at the moment is an oil painting I did of myself before I actually locked my hair. So, um, I dyed my hair orange back then. I'm very experimental with my hair. <laughs> and then I was thinking of a lot of things recently. Um... Yeah, a lot has been happening this year and yeah, it was just, it got to that point where because I was so stuck in my head, I felt like my own head was a prison, regardless of whether I spoke to people or not. Interesting. So I drew like a prison in my head. <laughs> interesting. Um, you and your sister, you've got a very close relationship. Yeah. Um, older or younger than you? Younger. She is, I think, seven years younger than me. Yes, okay. she's, tw- she's turning 20 this year. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, Okay, so I like the, that's a very interesting point about how you conceptualize what's going on in your head. And the photo that you used on WhatsApp, that's a serialist uh, image. Yeah. Um, did you read up about serialism before? Did you, uh, you know, did you have a, I guess, did you like it? Did you, you know, are there any serialist artists that you like looking at and why? And, you know, explain to me a little bit about that. <laughs> this is actually a crazy question because... I never actually thought that I would do surrealistic work in the first place. It was just more of I was able to draw people's faces. And then, yeah. you know, you, you kind of grow into whatever you're, you're supposed to, I guess, you're destined to grow into. Yeah. And I used to have a lot of nightmares. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I used to have a lot of nightmares. Um, I had chronic asthma. So one day I watched a horror movie. And I had an asthma attack in my sleep from a nightmare. <laughs> ah. And it freaked me out to the point where I stopped watching horrors. I stopped. That was 2007, actually. I will never, ever forget that year. Yeah. <laughs> never, ever. And that actually inspired me into in my second year 
when I was exposed to surrealism more than I was to in any other year. And I was like, I see a lot of things as they are, but I can also see so many other possibilities because of the concepts or the message I'd like to convey mm-hmm. in a way that people would be like, how did you think of that? And I was like, it's so easy. Like, for example, the word brain freeze. I once drew just like an ice cream cone, but it was like a brain on the coat. <laughs> you see? It's just like stuff like that. It's simple, but at the same time, you have to kind of break down the components of the, the concept itself, or it kind of like tickles your brain and like, how did you think of that? How did you know how to put that together in mm-hmm. order to convey something so simple in such a complex manner? So it was just like that for me. Yeah. Um, one thing One thing I know about, uh, about serialism, um, if my memory serves me, it was in the late 19th century, early 20th century um, in Europe, of course. I know a lot of those artists, um, I think it was Andre Breton, he, he wrote that first serialist manifesto, I think it was in the late 19th century. And they were old, it was just men, just by the way. Um, you know, the, this manifesto and all these artists came together and they said, yo, we're going we're gonna, to uh, break these quote-unquote uh, rules of art and do all these like dreamlike images yeah. and Dali was one of the was one of the pioneers and I think successfully in terms of money and stuff I think he's probably the, 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 the most um, and I know that um, um, that they used um, in order to conceptualize that um, they also did a lot of drugs yeah and um, there was also a lot of there was a process of uh what you see when you're sleeping versus when you wake up. I know some of them do yeah, the images. Yeah, yeah. So psychedelic. <laughs> I was gonna come to that. Um, psychedelics is a big thing. Yeah. Um, these days. Um, are you aware of ayahuasca? No. Okay, so it's something you drink. It's also. I'll explain to you after this what that is. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a very trendy thing yeah. these days, and there's also shrooms. I know in California they've made shrooms legal now yeah. in the US. Um. So. I know a lot of artists actually that has a similar process. Um, so do you use psychedelics to, I guess, to inspire your, um, your train of thought? And if not, why? And yeah, explain um, to me, explain to me that part there. Cause that's something actually I want to do a series on that, on artists yeah, versus drugs. I've got a very overactive imagination. <laughs> yeah. I think we all do. Yeah. yeah I think mine, the... <laughs> mine got to the point. <laughs> Mine got to the point where I don't need no nothing to help it think <laughs> beyond what it can think. Like it, I honestly don't. Yeah. I actually, I just, I just smoke weed, but that's just for. Um, it became a mental thing, and it became. Um, I used to actually smoke it a lot to suppress my nightmares because the certain strain that I had smoked at the time um, stopped me from dreaming. I would wake up the next day and not remember <laughs> okay. what I had dreamt of. And that helped me because my na- my nightmares would usually make me feel like I'd wake up. Like, you know that dramatic movie oh, moment? Yeah. yeah that oh, yeah. gasping for air. Like, oh, yeah. You know, and it's just like, I can't do this every second oh, night. Yeah. It's draining. Physically, yeah. it really is. Mentally. Physically Dude. and mentally, it's draining. Yeah, yeah I know exactly what you And do. then I had actually learned my mom, long story, yo. She actually has a gift, so that's why it was okay. it was a thing that was like passed on and okay. whatever. And yeah, no, I just I literally just smoke weed. I also have like my chronic ail- ailments, 
you know, asthma, all those things, they mm. don't heal it. But I have certain things where I'm in pain, my back as a female, <laughs> periods, you can't find yeah. it, you know, uh-huh. those things. So, yeah, I, I don't need anything to inspire me. I just, there's so much. <laughs> there's so much. That's a fascinating point. Okay, two things around that. Firstly, that um, I know that um, uh, 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 psychedelics are... Uh, at certain point, and I was certain different people deal with it differently. At certain point, you're not really in control of yeah. what's what's going on in your what mind. You're thinking, yeah, so. and that can be actually quite uh, a, a very slippery slope. And um, I actually know of a of a, of, of, of another sister. Um, she just recently gave birth, and you know she was seeing some really hard, like you know she had a very very bad trip, and yeah. I actually messed her up, you know. And I know of people who was complete the complete opposite. So. My understanding is is that um, the artist, um, and I think this is something that I'm that I that I, that I think is really cool about creatives, is how we can compartmentalize uh, what's what's going on. So you can say, okay, this is good, this is bad, yeah. not so good, da, 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 da. and you can sort of revisit each uh, 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 box, let's just yeah. call it that, you know, and then and you say, okay, sure, I'm gonna draw inspiration from this, mm-hmm. and rather not that. That's actually pretty dope. Uh, um, and I and and I think that's a that's a that's a skill that not many people have. Um, so let's just let's just let's just, let's just go back there. Okay, so you had all these dreams, and I just a lot of artists can relate to that. Yeah, uh, musicians, theater practitioners, poets, uh, visual artists, yeah. music. Uh, yeah. So I know that um, uh, 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 sometimes uh, those things that you revisit can be painful. Yeah. Um, and sometimes too personal. How do you sort of take that? Is it? Uh, is it, do you feel that the world must see what's going on in your head or do you want to only give the world a version of what they're seeing that's going on in your head? <laughs> um, I, I give the world myself authentically. I, yeah. I, I'm, I used to be a person who used to always think, what would people think if I looked like this or if I wore this or if I, I did that too long in my life mm. to edit myself now and still think like, do I want them to know everything or not everything? What I express is because I want to express it, not because I just want to put it out there and then have it out there. Yeah. Or leave it in the archives. I got it out of my head now. It's done. I've learned through all these years now that all these people that I've met, whether they're strangers or not, they can relate to something. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. There's... No thing that one person cannot say they don't, they can't relate to what I've either gone through or what I'm thinking of. They might have their own different experiences, but because I break down the information in such a way or visually or audio, like when I create music or whatever the case may be, mm. and they're like, I never thought of it like that, but that's how I, you know, it's that type of thing. So what I express and what I create, it's there. It's meant to be there because... That's what we are at the end of the day. We are communicative barrier in yeah. an artistic sense, you yeah. know. So you either communicate or you become the barrier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, um, good answer. Yeah. Uh, good answer. Yeah, I know that uh, artists also used in, uh, yeah, in different capacities, in different uh, creative capacities, yeah. where they harness that specific uh, talent. Uh, actually, and it's not always easy to just put everything out there. I know very good artists they'd have no confidence in having their work judged by other people because no, not everyone is strong enough to always have to be told like that doesn't look like that or yeah. that looks cool or it's better yeah. than last week or something. Like you really need to get to the point where your solitude is like, I'm this, this is me. If you don't like it, happy new year. 
Good point. Um, I'll give you a back uh, to just add on to that story. Uh, last week, I was talking to a letter um, that's Yebo Gallery, and <laughs> she was telling me <laughs> she was telling me of another artist uh, who she gave um, a critique on his work, saying he should try this, and he threw his toys out of the cot, and he went to do something completely different. <laughs> and I sort of to like nobody tells me what to do yeah. with my work because, so I actually I understand that too. Um, I can't really blame the homie, but at the end of the day, you know, it's a commercial. Uh, we got to make money at the end mm-hmm. of the day. So uh, input by people is kind of important because they're the yeah. people who support you. 100%. Uh, so um, how do you take um, to, um, or rather, um, before we get there, um, do you, uh, does your family, your sister, somebody, who else cuts your work or is it just a... Um, I, I only allow... <laughs> Yo, this is actually so bad, but I have a reason for this. I only allow my sister and my mom to create my work visually um, because of when I create, I speak about what I do. And if I don't, I tell them at the end of when I'm done with the result. Okay, look at this. This is what this is about. (laughs) We have like our own little exhibitions and stuff. But um, I, I take constructive criticism at all times, but because... I, I've gone through the years of training, formal training and informal training mm. of taking constructive criticism. Mm. I feel like I have worked myself to the point where I am gen art and this is how I create. So if you see it, you shouldn't still know by the end of the day. So you should have added this in or whatever. It's it's not up for debate. This is what I wanted to say or what how I wanted to convey it. Mm. It's not there for editing like Wikipedia or whatever. It's certified. It's there, stamped. You take it in, perceive it however you want it, and it is that at the end of the day. Okay. Um, <laughs> so now I kind of want to jump into something a bit more broader. We'll okay. still make it about your work, though. Okay. Um, so this is my listeners. You know that we I record all the episodes in advance. So mm-hmm. today, the recording of this episode is the 29th of uh, June. And if you're in South Africa and you're an artist, I know these are very depressing times. Our yeah. government has uh, put us on another hard lockdown. I know many galleries and theater companies and exhibitions and music gigs. It's all my my social media page is just canceled, postponed, canceled. Yeah. And artists are pretty worried um, of their livelihood and um, rightfully so. So this is the fourth um, hard lockdown we had for in the space of a year and a few yeah. months. Um, if I must make, if I take it back to you, you made mention of early on when you said um, you have these um, dreams and they're quite hectic. I can totally relate. I I, I have the same. Mm-hmm. I, I have the same. Um, how did that? Um, how did the lockdown um, sort of, or did it change something in your art making? Did it make it? Um, do you think your work's more negative, more positive, more personal? How did it? How did the hard lockdown change your actual thought processes? Have you given that some thought? I actually, um, I've always been a homebound person. In other words, other people would always say he's a iskant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I grew up being a iskant, so it never bothered me being home all the time. Yeah. So it came hand in hand with actually being an artist, but like you say. When you grow up, you need to you know you need to make money. You need to get the things done out there. So in terms of that, that was always the struggle. But it was never the struggle that most people are going through of being 
stuck with their own thoughts and their own minds and everything. You know, some people get very comf- uncomfortable with that. Mm. So this with this whole COVID thing as an artist, some people, some artists can't work only just them. You know, they need to go out, yeah. see things, experience stuff. I, 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 I can't relate all the time, but... Um, it does. It does influence my my concepts in a sense, like because <laughs> yeah, I just realized so much different things. Like you know, we always speak about this pandemic, but we don't realize like other pandemics, such as the gender based violence ones. And it's like we've. It, I've come to the point where we've realized like we always focus on that, but even with all these regulations that have been put in place, everything else still surfaced regardless. <laughs> mm. So my work became more strong in a sense of being a feminist, mm. though I can't say that I've actually even titled myself as one. Mm. My friend was like, you're actually a feminist. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, right. Like your work, you're always standing up for women. And like, even if you're just using yourself as a, uh, a subject matter yeah. or not. And I'd never thought of it like that, but it was just like, it was because I was always defending myself and then I thought like, okay, other women and other like little girls, <laughs> they can mm. relate, you know. Mm. So mm. it became more um, strong in that sense of being a voice for the voiceless, mm. so to speak. So yeah, more than that, but anything else, yeah. not really. Um, I know that, um, I know that um, uh, uh, I've, oh, a few artists I know that was actually super productive during uh during uh, more uh, uh, mid late last year um they took sure i can think of three actually and for one is a musician a visual artist another one's a writer um and the one is a combination of he writes as well mm-hmm. um and he does paintings i know that um the one artist um iaba for example he's based in the states he wrote a children's book did a huge body of work. He's actually got a solo show art as we speak. Uh, uh, um, and I know of another musician that produced, uh, what, 500 or so tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I know some other writers wrote, uh, you know, books that they were, or ideas that was in their mind for the longest time. Yeah. And now they said, okay, now I finally have time. So I find that fascinating how um, how different people um, compartmentalize their, let's just call it issues, yeah. and how they sort of revisit it. That's actually a very mature yeah. thing, I think. Um, because I think it's so easy uh, to, to you know, like just fold your hands and throw up your hands. Ah, you know, everything is just fucked up. Yeah, and, 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 and just leave it as it is. Yeah, and I'm just going to be all depressed and, 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 and cry on social media the whole time and, and, and all of that. So... Um, what I'm also what I'm also interested in is to see like how is this impacting the artist's mental. Uh, uh, so do you think yourself because because you say like um, if I must if I interpret what you're saying you're saying nothing really changed much in terms of your lifestyle. My lifestyle, um, not how at all. you <laughs> as a human being like you don't you're not more fear fear for fearless or fear whatever. I'm so just going forward, yeah, man, <laughs> yeah. So 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 I know like a lot. <laughs> Not everybody has that superpower, and it is that I think is a superpower. One thing, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, 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 actually yeah, mentioning, and you're saying this is actually your. Some people don't actually realize with regards to the portraitures that I'm doing, especially a lot from last year and this year. I've been doing a lot of portraits of people that have passed away, so I I kind of have to face the reality myself. <laughs> yeah, you know. 
it's 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 not always happy galore like nice drawings when people see like oh this is a real a very photo realistic like drawing of this person or whatever and even if it's a commission that's someone commemorating a loved one you know and with that's what that's the only thing that actually has changed with me I have I've been doing more commemorative work than any other year. <laughs> so 20 so 2020 2021 it's just been, you know, RIP drawings that's unfortunately. Mm. 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 Interesting. Interesting. Um do you know anybody that has passed away personally of covid since uh... Yes. Um a lot of people. Uh family, a lot friends. family. Um, I can't, I can't think of friends, no, but definitely hundred percent family. Mm. Um, just a month ago, I came from a funeral and then that was not even a month, less than a month, more than a month ago. Yeah. Sure. And then before that, it was just like a kind of a domino effect. You find out one house household has COVID and then one person didn't make it. And you find out the next week yeah. another household has COVID in another province somewhere. It's just like a tumble effect. So it's kind of like we 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 deal with it as it comes, but we we just go with the punches, you know. Take the precautions and pray and go for it, man. Um, this is a question that I'm asking all my guests. Okay. Um, it's a project that I'm working on, and I think we can talk a little bit about it. Right. Um, is uh pro pro-vax versus anti-vax mm-hmm. you know which which one are you and why um let me just give you a rundown so as i said i've been asking everybody actually since uh, december yeah um at the podcast um this year every single uh episode i'm i'm asking my guests and i'm getting a whole variety of uh answers um and um some of the answers i get i get even even the guys who are anti-vax i get it yeah i get it um um, where do you fit in into that? Um, are you um, are you for the vaccine or are you against the vaccine? I'm honestly in the middle because of the sucker. I I fully confess because it it comes to the point where when COVID came out, so many myths came out as well. Yeah, and it was kind of to the point where I only understood it once I got sick myself. Oh, you uh, yeah, you were... I was positive last year. My entire household. So it was to the point where everyone had thought my family had to watch out for me because I'm the chronic baby. So I was like, okay, I was fine and compared to my mom and my sister and they are not the sick ones, you know, and it was like... Okay, hold on, hold on. Just, just, just like, um, how many members in your family? Um, my mom, sister and I. Three? Yes. She was... So, uh, how is your mom and your sister? How did they, uh, you know, do they still have side effects? Yes, hundred percent side effects. Um, it's it's I I've realized everyone has very similar side effects, but I've always also come to the realization that because of my mom is a frontline worker, so she works in Lenmed. Yes, so in a sense, it was inevitable that she might have gotten sick or not. You know. But also at the same time, she also now has been vaccinated. So it was like, was let's see how she works out. Yeah. Was she vaccinated? <laughs> we'll use mommy as a guinea pig. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're like, yeah, we'll see. If mommy doesn't cup on, we're going to go with, you know, whatever the case may be. And it came to the point where I had realized that 
along the way, because of how the virus had affected everyone differently and people could not really honestly tell you who it would affect less and more and how it would affect people, you know, you kind of had to experience it in order to understand it. It was with any other situation in life. But then it was also at the same time, like, now you have to be mindful of the fact that if you don't take the vaccination for long-term like effects, you know, what could the precautions be, whatever the case may be, especially a person coming from the experience, you know. So with my mom, she, she I think she, they got the Johnson & Johnson one. Mm. Um, she just experienced um, dizziness for two days, nothing hectic, to be honest. Um, yeah, she got vaccinated. And I told her, look, yeah, it, until it becomes like, if it's not forced, then I'm not going because I'm okay for now. <laughs> I feel like there's so many uncertainty around it. Do you, um, because do you eat so healthy many, and yes, all of that? Yes, I, I eat healthy. I Not eat healthy, but I know I don't now go overboard and stuff. I eat according to my body, what my body can take. My health and my lifestyle actually became part of a, a switch, so to say. Um, in my life since I locked my hair. Yeah, it was kind of a thing, a dedication I had made to myself because I had always had asthma attacks from when I was born and, and I've been in hospital for 24 years of my life, every single year. I was so, I had to adapt to the weather, my emotions, that type of thing, yeah. anything could trigger it. So when I grew up, uh, 2018, and then I decided, look, yeah, I'm going to lock my hair. It's, told myself all these things look you're gonna do this you're gonna do that it's past the point now of where you're telling other people you're gonna do it but you don't do it why are you telling them but you're not doing it so i told yeah. myself i'm gonna do yeah. it and then people yeah. just one day saw yours this girl has dreads what the hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just saw okay this girl is jogging what the hell you know and she's become more what's like drawn to her solitude you just see her creating but you never see her so it's like a thing of people think that you're in this whole transition of doing something no i'm just learning how to better myself for myself because I realized that my lifestyle before that or certain things that I had done, especially with art. Art was always a thing that had taught me that patience at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I had zero patience. I agree with <laughs> so you. I had to get myself drawn back to that. And then with everything that's happening, it was just always patience, 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 patience. Interesting, man. Um, this whole this whole vaccine um um uh, thing. Um, a friend of mine coined the term. Um, maybe it's not his originally, but uh, um, vaccine apartheid. Yeah. Or apartheid. Yeah, vaccine apartheid. Now you know, like um, the major, for example, the US and the UK. You know, they've they've bought all these hordes of vaccines. They've been vaccinating their um population. Funny enough, the UK. There's actually seen another surge in um, infections, which is I, the, uh, what I've <laughs> what I've noticed about COVID is the more I learn, the more the the less I know. Yeah. Um, um, and I see like, oh shit, this little. So, I know it's very complicated. I know it's affecting a lot of people differently. It's interesting yeah. your point of view, and it's here to stay. Um, and it's, it's not going away. Um, I guess just how bad it's gonna affect us yeah. all eventually i guess so yeah man um let's just wrap up that question so um yeah like i said i'm kind of working together on a project <laughs> i was actually telling a letter <laughs> about the idea she didn't seem so chuffed about it <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i'm still gonna push forward i still want to do some form of installation cool. um a street art installation um yeah i'm actually getting to a point now where i'm looking at different um 
techniques, what I want to do, how, and all of that type of thing. But yeah. that's still a working process. But for now, I just want to talk about it on this platform. And um, sort of in closing, man, so I get that. Um, um, your stance on the... Um, on the vaccine uh i guess moving forward man um are you working on any um uh, are you working to to get it for any show at the moment any exhibition any other commissions that type of thing i'm always working on commissions every week every other time i'm i'm blessed that my work gets or reaches people you know who are willing to support me but also at the same time invest in my skill because at the end of the day people aren't they're not buying an artwork. They're buying a sense of me, you know. Yeah. I, I sit for days and weeks with something and I put a lot of me in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you I know? get it. So when people, I, I, my clients are very appreciative of my work, whether I know them personally or they're just people I've been referred to or who have been referred to me. So I'm always busy with commissions. So that's how I keep myself afloat as an independent artist. Um. I am working, however, towards um, an exhibition for Women's Month, mm. a gender-based themed, gender-based mm. violence themed work, which is actually not drawings, it's paintings. So I'm doing mm. fingerprint paintings. Okay. So it's, Where will that be out? I am I'm, I'm trying to keep it as informal as possible, especially in Kimberley. I would love to have something more pop-up than okay. anything, more than anything. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I have a tendency of just doing random things. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I've never actually had a pop-up um, exhibition, so to speak. But mm-hmm. with the work that I'm doing now currently, when you see it, it, it would definitely catch your eye. Uh, pop-ups, actually pretty popular, I guess, till COVID came in. Yeah. Uh, lots of uh, studios, uh, galleries do that. Yeah. Mine would be, would, would be more outside than inside. Mm, yeah, I think the outside Because, um, yeah, I'm actually, I've always, I want you guys, whoever's listening to this, please, let's have like a drive-through exhibition. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. <laughs> a drive-through exhibition. We all, you, you know, keep all the precautions like a meter away or whatever. I saw this the other day on the net and I was like, that's so sick. But it would be so cool if we could adapt that. You know, we always try to like duplicate something we see overseas, yeah. you know. Can we do that culturally as well? Like, we see them doing it there. Let's do it here. Like, people don't have to be, like, they don't have to meet us one-on-one, but they can drive through and pass and see our artworks. And it's at the end of the day, you don't know who sees your stuff. So, yeah, let's do that. Um, (laughs) I I like that idea. Uh, And uh, that's actually not bad. Um, I'm sure there's, I'm sure you're not the only person who's thinking of that. Um, But that's not a bad idea, given that um, I know I I read up that... uh, Today, there's a call for like another national. Uh, 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 it's more anti Cyril Ramaphosa that yeah. they're just asking cars to go to a certain spot in any CBD all over the country and just stand in solidarity and say we tired of this. Da, 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 da. But the interesting thing is that people are doing it in the cars. Mm. Um, and just another, just to add another thing, this in closing, um, if somebody is driving in a car they probably will be able to afford a painting because yeah. they can afford a car. Exactly. So so that also takes off. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty sharp. 
We just need some proper management to it, get it organized, sort of, then we're ready to go. <laughs> All right, man, in closing, uh, where can my listeners get all of your art? Everywhere uh, if they get on all of social you? media, Facebook, Instagram, um, Gen Art, G-E-N-N-A-R-T. It's either Gen Art or it's Gen Art 25. 25 is my lucky number, so either or. Um, the logo, you will definitely see it. You'll see that eye, man, that I will be looking right back at you. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So definitely Gen Art or Gen Art 25 anywhere. Yeah. Gen Art, thanks for coming through, man. Thank you very much. This for is the fantastic, man. Um, yeah, I guess all the best with everything. Thank you, you likewise. Know? <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for coming through. And um, I'll be in touch with regards to when the episode goes online. Thank you for listening to this Spudcaster podcast. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Hey everybody, um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, it was really insightful. Um, thanks to again for coming through. Um, enjoyed that too much. Uh, remember that um, I'm brought to you by Spudcaster and Biobob. So remember to check them out. Um, and uh, remember the art giveaway slot for grabs remember to like subscribe and comment on this channel Ugh, sorry on this episode and you could win yourself an artwork uh, an original artwork remember it's only for african listeners for now um moving forward um thy, my next guest uh, rather next week's guest is going to be pretty cool i'm talking to mike stella he's an old friend of mine uh, we did a collaborative project in 2012 Ugh, in 2011 and I know he writes some really dark poetry and I know he's also been affected by COVID directly. Um, so we're going to be talking a little bit about his poetry and COVID and his condition and all of that's going to be interesting. And um, the poets that I've been trying to get hold of, you know, I'm still talking to Zama. That will be in exactly three weeks time or rather the episode will go live there. So look forward to that. And um, there's also, yeah, a lot of other cool stuff coming your way. So please keep subscribing, keep liking. Remember, you can catch me on all my social media channels. Just Facebook is Wesley Pepper. Twitter is at Wesley Pepper. And Instagram is Wesley underscore Pepper. Leave me all your comments and everything. I know I've been getting some comments on Facebook. Thanks to everybody for all of that. It's always appreciative. And uh, thanks to Candice for putting everything together. Thanks, thanks, sister, for all of that. And um, I shall catch you next week.